Welcome, welcome everyone. This is the Christian Therapist Unhack Mind Podcast, and I'm your host, Akayami McCoy. I count it as a privilege that you have chosen my podcast. For all of those returning, thank you. I appreciate you and everyone who is new and tuning in for the first time. I would be honored if you would share, subscribe, and give a review. I pray you enjoy what I share and decide to tell someone on your social media platform. I try to post at least every two weeks. You can also check out my YouTube channel called Made for Relationships and my books on Amazon. Everything and all the information will be in the show notes. And also, I'm a licensed mental health professional, but my podcast is not meant to be a replacement for therapy with a licensed mental health professional. What I do on this podcast is inform, educate, and hopefully entertain. All right, let's get ready for this episode. Nothing being shared today is meant to be a replacement for therapy with a licensed mental health professional. Everything we share is for educational purposes only. Thank you. Are you somebody that struggles with the behaviors and attitudes of your friends, your family, your co-workers, your partners, and it causes you to question whether or not you want to stay connected to them? If you answer this with an astounding heck yeah, then this four-part series is definitely for you. See, between the years of 2003 and 2005, me and my family occupied a one bathroom, three bedroom ranch style home in Kentucky. And in this home, there were three adults, three children and two dogs. And not that far away from where we lived were three other families that included my mother, three brothers and their families. And like all families, we had a myriad of issues. We all saw ourselves as less of a mess than the other person. We found it very difficult to understand why they act like that or why they behave that way. And we used to think to ourselves, I know I did, why can't you get right? Relationships sometimes seem so very complex. We would rather move away from people or disconnect from people than learn to get to understand them. And we struggle with just understanding ourselves for that matter. The reality is we only see the actions, behaviors, poor choices of others. And then we ourselves feel guilt, shame, embarrassment, disappointed with ourselves and how we actually behave. What we be saying to ourselves is, get yourself together. And it makes me remember the movie Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. And there was a character in there and they called him Can't Get Right. Well, in this four part series, what we're going to do is discover and examine the temperaments of ourselves first and then what we imagine the temperament is of others. Because we can't tell people what their temperament is. They have to identify that for themselves. What I'm gonna show you is how to whip them in shape and get them right so you can flourish and you can have peace. Seems like manipulation, right? But it is actually. This way you'll be better at directing the season of your life and directing the characters that are playing in this season of your life. You'll learn how to shame, blame, guilt, and make others wrong. 
You'll also learn how to ignore and avoid conflict and how to withhold love until they get themselves together. Guess what? If you believe that, then you're really going to have difficulty in hearing what I have to say. <laughs> because what I'm getting ready to show you is truly the opposite of all of that. We're not here to try to, you know, control other people and control other humans. We're trying to figure out, number one, how to control ourselves so we can be better in relationships with others. We want to learn so much about ourselves that people will experience us in a more positive light. So what I'm getting ready to show you in this four-part series is how to identify your own temperament and be better able to adjust and adapt to others so you can have a more positive and healthy functional relationship with anyone. This will help you to reduce the tension within relationships and to kind of get rid of and resolve conflict. When you learn these things, you'll learn even more about acceptance and understanding of others and self. You'll be better at learning how to make space for others and speak to the needs of others. And my hope is that you'll get away from, far away from making statements like, don't take this the wrong way, or don't wear your feelings on your sleeve, or don't do that, or you always do this, or you never do that. These next four episodes are going to help identify the four different temperaments. What I'm gonna do is explain to you how to recognize temperaments of others and yourself. And this way that I explain it is just my way, is just how I perceive it. For the next four days, I'm gonna explain all four temperaments, each individually. And I'm going to give you like little scenarios uh, so you can better identify when you see them and recognize yourself in temperaments. Now, just make sure you understand, you can't ever tell anybody what their temperament is. They would absolutely need to identify that for themselves. And even though you may see little differences in those temperaments, it still doesn't mean that that's the exact temperament that they are. Now, temperaments are not something that we learn to be, it's how we're made up. We're born into these temperaments. So we can identify the temperament of a baby as early as nine months old. So I always tell my clients that temperaments are not something that we want to be or try to be. It's pretty much to me like a fingerprint. You know, fingerprints don't change. So we don't change our temperaments. We just change how we show up in our temperaments. Some people can be unhealthy in their temperaments and some people can be very well adjusted. They understand their own needs and they understand when they're operating in their strengths or weaknesses. And when we know that we're operating in our weaknesses, we can better make adjustments so we don't affect the way the relationship is going. I really wish I had known what these temperaments were when I was living and raising children, living with my children and raising children. So get to know and understand your own temperament so you can be better able to show up in your relationship. So I hope you decide to really dig into this a little bit further and share this with your family and friends, coworkers, whoever, because everybody, everybody should know their temperament. 
and be able to work better within relationships because of the knowledge that they have as a result of knowing who they are and who others may be. Hey everybody, so thank you for joining in. This is episode one of four of the temperaments. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and get into the temperament without saying what the temperament is called until midway through or possibly at the end. So this first temperament is considered to be more of the perfectionist and the deep thinker. They really require very minimal socialization and they are serious about their security and their money and their finances. They're very independent and they love dependability. Um, they are considered to be very organized, and which is a good thing for lots of events or special occasions. They're considered to be the perfectionist big time to the point where sometimes it can be seen as a weakness as opposed to more of who they are and how they made. Their strengths usually include artistic. They're a very artistic type of people. They understand how systems work and they're kind of task-oriented type of people, goal-driven and task-oriented to the point where they would prefer their tasks as opposed to people. They also are good at kind of looking forward and seeing what might go wrong in the future because they are examining everything. They're very analytical. When they come up with an idea or a plan or a decision, trust me, they've thought about it a lot because they analyze everything. Now, their weaknesses may be considered to be very moody or easily depressed. They're always in their head because they're always thinking about things, but that could be a problem at times. They take a lot of time to decide on things because they have to look into every aspect of it. So you wouldn't, for them, that you would not just throw an idea or a plan to them at the last minute because they need time to really decide whether or not they want to be a part of it or they want to go to the event or they want to be included in the in general they want to know where is it going to be how long are we going to be there um how what time of night is it going to be what's the area like they're so careful and so consumed with all the details before they ever make a decision that sometimes that could be hindering the decision to to even make a decision so they're not as flexible because they they like things the way that they like them and they can't think or decide too quickly before they had a chance to really analyze something. A lot of times their weaknesses, they show low self-esteem and they are socially awkward at times because they really don't like to be out with a whole lot of people. Now on the area of control, they're more about extreme order and they get frazzled easily if they don't have order. When it comes to their strengths in the control areas, they are good at leadership, but they don't really want to lead all the time because it really means that they have to be responsible for other people. They are very strong-willed, but very economical. They appear to be always in control and very competent in whatever it is that they're doing. And But on the weaker side of this, they can be very inflexible. It's sensitive to fail, failing. But yet, when it comes to connecting with others, they do show love and affection 
in a very endearing way because one of their strengths, which I failed to mention, is empathy. They're very empathetic and very much concerned about how others are perceiving the world and what others might be going through. They're also very self-sacrificing. So they will sacrifice, but not to the point where it messes them up totally, but they will sacrifice for somebody that they love. And they have a strong ability to form really deep connections. Matter of fact, they are not going to be social with a lot of people. So those that they are social with, trust me, that is a very deep connection for them. But also when it comes to other people in relationships, they can tend to be very jealous, um, critical of the people that are coming around them, critical of the people that are associating with somebody that they have a deep connection with. Um, they are emotionally guarded because they sit back all the time and they're more observing people than you know, connecting with them or engaging, and they rarely express their feelings. They are empathetic towards others, but they don't share, you know, who they are with other people so freely. When you connect with this type of temperament, you would be one to give them space because they value their space tremendously. They love their alone time. And as I said earlier on, they're task-driven and task-oriented. So for them, they would rather be home dealing with tasks and managing tasks and accomplishing tasks than to be around people. And solitude is a big deal for them. As I was saying all of this, it was funny for me because I am this temperament and I'm going to name this temperament right now, melancholic temperament. And when I associate melancholics, I associate with the color blue, right? So melancholics, I always see them as more of the nighttime, you know, calm, the nighttime. And so people tend to see them as very depressed or easily depressed. And they have a lot of times struggle with self-esteem. I'm a melancholic and I love, love, love being by myself. I love my alone time. But when I do want to connect with people, I want deep connections. I want quality connections. And then I possess empathy. So I'm putting out a lot of energy and I'm receiving a lot of energy because I'm very empathetic towards others. And so because of that, I get drained a lot when I'm in social settings. So I have to pull back and like rehab and reestablish and restore myself in order to be able to connect again. But I don't need to connect again anytime soon. So it's like I get my dose and then I need way more time in solitude and by myself before I reconnect again. Now, since I like solitude, unfortunately, if somebody acts, if I want to participate in some social event or do a social function or go somewhere, I have to have time to consider if I really want to be involved. I would try my best to get out of going to the point where if there's a long time in between actually doing the event, I'll find ways to get out of it because I don't want to have to be out and socialize. And for me, I know that there are times when if where we get ready to go is far away 
or we're going to be in a car for a long time, I really will try to get out of it. In my weakness, I'm very judgmental and critical of how people do things. And so when I'm operating in my weaknesses, I have to be careful as to not be so judgmental and so critical of others to the point where they don't want to be around me. So where do you fit in in this temperament? Tell me if you relate to anything that I said um, and share with me some of the things that hit home for you, what stood out the most for you. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode. Remember, this is part one of four. All right, until the next time, y'all. Good mental health, good spiritual health, and as always, good physical health. Y'all take great care. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. I sure hope you enjoyed that episode. Please feel free to share us on your social media platform or giving it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can reach me on my website at unhackmind.com or life-counseling-transitions.com. All this information will be in the show notes. All right, take care and I hope you come back.